This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. Hi, sir. Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host Mike from Commentary Trek Stars. Hey, what's up? Hey, we have wow, almost shattered it up right there. Uh, <laughs> we decided this week we would talk about the Gorn, and specifically the Gorn in the next Star Trek comic. Yeah, or at least the next one that has some sort of correlation to... Well, it's right after After Darkness, so technically it is the next one Yeah, in our, in, for our intents and purposes. I guess that's true, yes. So that is the Gorn episode comic, comic book episode. Yes, I believe that it's just called, I don't know, the Gorn episode. I think it's untitled, but that's okay. We can call it Gorn. We can call it uh, Untitled Gorn comic untitled gorn comic yes, yes. <laughs> so this was a i mean obviously the episode that we're comparing it to is arena since that's what mm-hmm. dealt with the gorn but this is also kind of unique in that it is a sequel to the video game which came out right before into darkness yes it is which now i you didn't play no i started it you know, but I have trouble with video games, and also I had trouble with PS3s at that point in time. My PS3 died, and I needed to get a new one. And you know, then all of my progress had been lost. And then, yeah, but I started. I found I'm like, oh, someone you know has like a cinematic version online, you know. And I started to watch that yesterday, where I, I realized that the the amount that I played up to because I was like watching it. And after about 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, they, they're they like, and here we go. And then it's like, Star Trek. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, cool. I didn't even make it past the uh, teaser. So that's <laughs> good. I thought I was like halfway through. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so you did play it, though, right? I did. Uh, I believe... I don't know if it was right after it came out. It may have been a couple weeks later. We still have a local video store where you rent things. That's so weird. And they had they had video games. They still have video games. And so they had the Star Trek games. So we rented it and played it over the weekend, my wife and I. I was Kirk and she was Spock. And, because we love co-op games. It ends up being a, a Gears of War kind of clone. You know, it's got a cover system kind of thing. But it's got a... It had a pretty uh, a pretty cool, like... Well, now I think it's 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 a rip off of now that I've played some of the Arkham games, some of the the Batman technology that he uses in that. But it has like a tricorder thing, so you can scan the environment for, you know, what you need to do next. And there's running and jumping, of course, because it's based in the JJ verse. Uh, but the story of the video game we'll go over real quick. I'm gonna stop calling a video game. Okay, I don't know where that came from. The, the plot of the Star Trek video game. Uh, is basically that the Vulcans are trying to... There's a Vulcan scientist who's trying to create technology 
similar to the Genesis device, but less destructive, to help terraform New Vulcan. And uh, this device is too powerful, rips a hole in space, and the Gorn come out. And the Gorn have some kind of disease that they infect people with to basically make them zombies. So we've got zombies uh, as like the main villain. And then, you know, leading the zombies will be a few Gorn. And then there'll be like bigger Gorn and then bigger Gorn and then like the Gorn commander. And when I say bigger, I don't mean just higher ranked. Like these Gorn are huge. And they're really like very dinosaur-like, even more so than uh, in Amir Darkly. And and they've just got teeth everywhere. And so I'm guessing that's because they're from another galaxy. But it seems like, especially in this comic, that there are no Gorn in this galaxy. There's only this Gorn from this other galaxy, which makes you wonder where the Gorn came from in the Prime Universe. Well, but I mean, is there anything to say that the Gorn in the Prime Universe didn't come from another galaxy? Do we find that out in the episode? No. So then there you go. Yeah. Does McCoy uh, deliver no. any Gorn babies? That's the problem. That's the problem with this and the fact that they ran with this and ran with it in the comics is that, oh, it's it's canon. No, it's totally canon. Totally what happens. But... Every time they mention Gorn in the comics, you know, like in After Darkness, they mention the Gorn and everybody's like, oh, don't talk about the Gorn. And in this one, they're like, the Gorn are dangerous and super crazy and from another galaxy. How could there still be any left? I don't know. I mean, I guess to be fair to them, you know, it's like they, they never did say that this was canon or anything like that. In fact, Orsi has, anytime someone has asked Orsi if it's canon, he's like, as far as I know... Uh, the only thing that's canon is what's on screen, right? So the official take is this is not canon, but they were certainly trying to build a larger universe. Oh, oh, and you know what? So, so here, I just realized this. So the comics obviously consider the game to be canon because they mentioned it in After Darkness and this whole issue is about that. But the game ends with a captain's log of Kirk talking about how, you know, that's great. You know, everything's working out on new Vulcan, but now we've been sent to Nibaru to talk, you know, to, to investigate whatever they were actually sent to do. So it's like, okay, all right. Leading right into the movie. That's really cool. And then like uh, the next week, the last issue of countdown to darkness comes out. And it's just like, wow, you know, we did all that stuff with Robert April, and that was sad. And But yeah, well, we've got orders to go to Nabaru and check out the stuff. It's like, well, mm-hmm. oh, geez. So in the comic book canon, their comic book isn't even canon. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened with the Clone Wars and the, and the, the other Clone Wars, right? True. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, what can you do? It was, uh, you know... I mean, it, I I feel bad because it sounds like JJ was really trying to do this to make a sort of multimedia story that spanned different and not, and well now he's finally getting to do that sort of with Star Wars. I don't know how much he's involved with it, but that, I mean, I don't not not that he was architecting it or anything like that, but he wanted it to happen for Star Trek, and that would have been cool. 
mm-hmm. but just too many too many variables at play too many cooks yeah so what can you do too i've only seen that cooks. thing once and that was enough for me too many oh okay yeah I, don't, I do not understand why people think that thing is so funny i don't know it's just it's funny the first time but then you have to show it to other people and then then it's not funny anymore <laughs> So, so this Gorn untitled Gorn comic, mm-hmm. uh, we it starts with a monologue, but not part of a captain's log. No, it is captain's personal log, talking about his still having nightmares about the Gorn, which is convenient. Do you think maybe the Gorn maybe did something to him? Uh, I think I think Spock got infected in the game once. But like you know how like uh, uh, Picard was part of of the Borg, and so yeah. he has a nightmare, and he's just like they're like the Borg have entered the system. And he's like I know because I just had a dream about them. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's the same kind of thing. He's like ah you know I'm, we're above this planet. I had a dream about the Gorn last night. I hope there's no Gorn on this planet. That could be. That could be. Um, I mean yeah you know I mean they're 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 left with the task of sort of like making a sequel to something that a lot of people probably haven't played. And it's like, uh, that's always tricky. You know, I, I felt bad about not playing the game before reading this comic. Um, but now I definitely need to watch that, that, uh, cinematic thing. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's not a great game, mm-hmm. but it is, I think it is worth playing or at least watching a walkthrough thing of. Yeah. Yeah. Do they do that for most games? Uh, most movie tie-in games? Do like, you think I've, they'll do that for Battlefront or whatever? I don't think there'll be enough story in Battlefront to do that, but I do know of a few fan edits of like that Django Fett game, Bounty mm-hmm. Hunter. Somebody somebody made a feature-length cut of its cutscenes and plague through, and somebody did that with uh, like Enter the Matrix. I played that game. I played that game. I that, that was game. A, that was a you did you managed yeah. to get through it without? A, I swear that mine glitched all to hell and I wasn't able uh, to finish it. I don't know. I did it. Yeah, one of the few games that I've actually played from beginning to end. <laughs> you would the only game I've ever finished was a Wachowski siblings game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's that's the way it works. I mean, I was at the same time playing the Indiana Jones game for the Xbox, which was great. Except there was this one level which was super hard, and I finally beat it after a million times, but in the process, I lost my hat. And I'm like, really? I'm going to have to go through the rest of this game without my hat? Screw that. Nope. I'm not doing this anymore. You, you, your hat could, you could lose your hat in that game? Yeah, and then you'd have to go and pick it back up. That's amazing. It was I did awesome. not know that. Except when you lose it in the hardest level in the game. Then it sucks. Oh, you can't yeah. go to a store in between levels and buy a new hat. No, no, he's always got the same hat. I oh. maintain. Oh, okay, except when he's traveling. Right, he's got that traveling hat. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he keeps his other hat when he's traveling. Even though they're bashed differently, but whatever. And like in in the different movies, the hats are bashed differently. Mm-hmm. It's clearly a different hat in in Temple of Doom, but. You know, I'm 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 pretty good at like spotting. I'm I'm okay with like spotting props and being able to tell which iteration of the movie they're from. Uh, but I can't do that with Indy's hat. 
Oh, well, this one is obviously, I bashed my hat to be exactly like his in Temple of Doom. If you if you know what to look for, it's really freaking obvious. Like when someone pointed out the fact that in the first movie, it has a slight turn to it, which gives it this very distinctive swoop, hmm. then you can totally see the swoop. And the fact that they got rid of the swoop in the other movies is just like, why would you do that? Now it just looks like a normal hat. But before, like literally all they did right before they bashed it was they just turned it slightly to an angle. So he wears it just a little off center like this, right? And what that does is it distorts it enough so that on one side it like flies up and curls up. And then on the other side it hangs down. And I mean, watch the first movie and then it's basically the same hat in in Last Crusade. But it doesn't have the, the, the turn. And it's and and by the I mean I know like you know like I w- I went to an Indiana Jones forum and I went back in the archives and I found the point where someone realized what it was that they did that they did the the slight turn and that's what it was to make it look different. You want to talk about people's minds blowing? <laughs> it was like the end of of Raiders of the Lost Ark where you know people's heads were just exploding because they're like, oh my god! And then everyone started trying it out with the hats, and it worked. And they're like, you cracked the code, dude! It took like thirty years, but you cracked the code. It was crazy. Uh, I love being a nerd. Yep. And the hats for the new movie, you know, because they were like, we want consistency because like the guy who designed the hats was like. He he was he couldn't find like, basically they don't make the hat anymore right so all these nerds are like well let's make our own and this one guy who's like a carpenter was like I'm gonna just make my own hat and he did a really good job and everyone's like I'll pay you and then he made it into a business and then when it came time for them to make the hats for the fourth movie they were like well let's just get that dude you know so all the hats were made by this dude. And when he made the hat, since he was making them so that they could basically be used for any, you know, version, mm-hmm. you know, they were they were like, okay, here it is. This is it. And he's like, well, you can turn it. We can get it back to the way it was. And they're like, nah, let's just make it as close to Last Crusade as we can. And he's like, fine. But it is designed so that if you do turn it slightly, it'll look like Raiders. But That's amazing. I like that. I mean, and that really is encouraging for all the fans out there that that franchises aren't afraid to, or at least Lucasfilm apparently isn't afraid to be like, you guys make really good replicas and stuff, you know? Well, they did do that with uh, with Enterprise. Enterprise uses some of the Phase Two stuff. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. like the uh, the the telescoping thing at Sulu's station. Oh. Uh, is the one from Phase 2. Like, they actually borrowed some of their, their pieces. So, I mean, that that is really encouraging. And like the R2-D2s in Episode 7, you know, the they brought in the the R2-D2, the Droid Builders Club, or whatever it's called. The equivalent yeah, of yeah. the 501st, but the for droids. And they brought them in to help them, you know, make and drive R2 in the new movies. So it's like, you know, keep yeah. at it, fans. You could make a hat for a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. But that's not so, a that has nothing to do with this Star Trek comic. No, that's okay. It's still interesting, right? It's only one issue. We've got to we've got to fill the space. I like it. <laughs> I like the conversation. 
So yeah, okay. So so getting into the comic itself, it's kind of interesting in that it sort of starts off in the same way as Arena in that mm-hmm. it's like a a colony or an outpost has been attacked, right? Right. And there's no communication except for help us. Yeah. And they go down to see what's going on and it's clear that the Gorn did the attacking. Yeah, everybody's clawed up. It it's a lot it's a lot prettier of a planet than Cestus three. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you know, same same type of scenario. But then there's a twist in that well, a couple things. One well the Gorn are right there, right? They encounter the Gorn on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's not like there there is an arena or anything like that. Well but and it's not like I mean, we don't meet the Gorn face to face in arena until uh, you know, we chase them around. They shoot them with mortars from a distance, and 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 this one, they find a survivor. It's not just a shelled out colony. It's not yeah. just a shelled out colony. It's a, you know, it's just a, a colony with dead bodies. But they find somebody's alive, and he's like, ah, the Gorn. So they take him back to the the Enterprise. In the comic, in the comic, they take the survivor back to the Enterprise and. Uh, McCoy makes him better because that's what McCoy does. And the guy's like, oh, stupid Gorn. And they came and they killed us for no reason. So Kirk is like, uh, I'm going to go down there because they're, they've they encountered the Gorn before. And they're like, these guys are not, are not, you know, um, good news. They're there. They could, they could wipe us out in a sense. So we need to be proactive here. Yeah, but Kirk is very carefully saying how he wants to capture them. Mm-hmm. He's not like just gonna uh, nuke the site from orbit, right? Even though that's the only way to be sure. Um, so they they say that they're detecting Gorn, right? And he's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna go down there and check it out." And there is that moment where Spock is like, "Why are you going down?" You know. Why don't we just send uh, like a security detail, Scotty and some other people? Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, you know, whatever. It's all good. <laughs> so they go home down with a whole team to find the Gorn. Well, don't and... wait, let, before we get oh. too far, okay, uh, all right. we don't want to miss Spock's comment about sports and how... That's true. Now, now is this different from the Prime Universe? Because we all know that Vulcans play sports. What what sports do they play? Baseball. That's not until later on. Okay. So you're saying that's a recent development. I think that's a recent development, and I think that that's a weird fringe group of Vulcans, in particular this one Vulcan who's, like, really into, like, revenge and stuff. He's very not Vulcan-y. I think the only reason why he did it was to get at Cisco. I think he specifically Specifically tried to get good at baseball. Yeah, just to to you know, <laughs> kick Cisco's butt. Uh, so uh, for those who haven't read the comic, Spock, uh, Kirk says something like, "It's round two for us against the Gorn," and Spock's like, "What?" And he's like, "You know, sports." And Spock's like, "Ah, sports. Vulcans do not see the logic in such activities. Simple physical exertion without a tangible constructive effect on society appears to be nothing more than a waste of energy." Yeah, uh, for anyone who's wondering, that's 
me talking to Max every day of my life. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. But you also, you made that, that the Tholians in our universe are obsessed with sports. People keep on saying that I said that. I don't really have any recollection of that that thing. But then again, I don't remember anything that I say on this show because I don't edit it, so I don't hear myself say it, you know? Yeah, no. And then people are like, that was hilarious, that thing you said. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm the about? same way. The only show I'm on that I don't edit is like off topic with you, and I don't remember uh -huh. what we talk about either. I know, I know. It's just the way it goes. So, <laughs> whatever. I, I just assume from our listeners are like, they're always like saying like, Mike, that thing you said was so funny. And I'm like, are you sure you're thinking of the same guy? Because I'm not that funny. I don't know. <laughs> You've got, Whatever. you have your moments. But also, uh, Spock and Kirk, before they, before Kirk goes down and Spock's like, wait, shouldn't I be going? Because you're the captain. And he's like, no, no, no he's upset because he says i almost lost kirk says i almost lost you in a volcano i heard about your little boxing match with khan in the sky over san francisco and then i almost lost you to pont far so i'm confining you to the ship for the foreseeable future so he's like trying to protect spock because he can't because spock is a crazy person <laughs> i i wonder how much of that is just you know kirk busting <laughs> spock's Balls, oh, you don't think he was right? serious? No. I think I think he's legitimately concerned for Spock's mental health. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think he was really just like, come on, guy. You know, you have had a string of bad luck recently. And <laughs> Every time you, know you go down on a planet. Uh, yeah. I think we're just going to leave you up here for this one. <laughs> you know? Uh, but that's just so that they can figure out the mystery. Yeah, yeah. Because essentially what it does is even though it's not Kirk being taken by a like a godlike being and sent to a planet or whatever, it it is uh the same sort of dynamic where like Spock is up on the ship like figuring out what's going on in a sense while Kirk is on the planet mm -hmm. like actually fighting mano a mano sort of thing. So it's kind of interesting the way that they set that up. Yeah. So the Gorn never leave the planet. We're supposed to be comparing it with the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Gorn never leave the planet. So there's no chase. There's no deity that whisks Kirk away. Kirk whisks himself away to find the Gorn uh, because they've uh, taken prisoners. Yeah. And then they do find the Gorn eventually. There's lots of Gorn. And the Gorn start attacking them. Yep. And everybody's wearing the suits that they wore in the video game, the the battle away mission suits. Oh, is that that's cool. I like that. And yeah. the yes, the Gorn attack. The Gorn beat the crap out of everybody because Spock wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, they can't beam them up because you can't. Why would why would the transporter work unless you needed it to work? Because it works in a couple pages. Meanwhile, up on the ship, the guy from the colony wakes up, and he's all happy because he, his life has just been saved. And, you know, they start talking about what's going on down there. And, uh, you know, he seems to be implying that these Gorn are a big threat, and we need to get rid of them. And uh, 
yeah and then Chekhov finds a recording of that the the humans on the colony had attacked the gorn first right which is not how they they made it seem in the story the guy told he made it seem like the the colony was just sitting there la 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 oh no the gorn it's like no they found some gorn and they're like oh crap the gorn and shot them all yeah meanwhile down on the planet the gorn instead of killing the humans have kidnapped them or captured them right right and we can understand them now we couldn't understand them in the game so so now we've got a translator so we can understand the and they're talking about how you know the humans are a bunch of jerks and uh you know why do they keep on attacking us and kirk's like you killed everyone and you know he's like he's like we saw you we had we we don't don't you remember that video game where you guys were like killing everyone and he's like no that's not us we're different gorn yeah they left they came through the rift with the main gorm fleet but then i guess we're like we're tired of conquering galaxies so they just kind of took their own ship and went off on their own right they were like uh, we we don't like these guys you know the, these 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 are the these are the bullies in school yeah you know and these are like the nerdy gorn <laughs> you think these are the scientist gorn yeah these are like the gorn who are on like debate team or whatnot you know and they're like, we don't even want to. I mean, you guys are making us all look bad. We want to just do our own thing. So let's just go off here and do our own thing, you know? So these are so peaceful they Gorn do. that we can we can leave alone and they'll leave us alone. Right, but they say like, oh, they're not peaceful. They'll, you know, to- if you mess with them, they'll totally, you know. But they're willing to try it. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's like, you know, yeah, they, they, they won't they won't mess with you if you don't mess with them yeah so so yeah they, they they tell the whole story and then uh part way through the story and the gorns is like oh you know you keep attacking us we'll attack you back and then spock beams down because apparently they just couldn't lock on to beam them up but they could totally beam him down without beaming him into a table or anything yeah or into a gorn that would be unfortunate because because you know Kirk doesn't quite buy the Gorn story because the Gorn have a tendency to overreact, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, like, for example, I just saw a video yesterday online of this woman who went outside of her house and it was in the winter and there was snow everywhere and there was a cat, I guess, standing in front of her house and she she didn't want the cat standing in front of her house so she kept on kicking snow at the cat to get the cat to back up. Mm-hmm. And she was like repeatedly doing this. And the cat basically had enough of it and jumped on her face. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. The and she's like falls to the ground and then she's like running back to her house holding her face. And it's like, that's what you get. These Gorn are kind of that cat, you know? They had some snow kicked on them. So they jumped on the humans' faces. Well, I mean, they had more than snow kicked on them. I mean, they were killed. They had every right to, sure, to sure. retaliate. Yeah, yeah, but they weren't exactly worried about, uh, you know, exercising um, uh, restraint yes. when dealing with the humans. So Kirk, because of that, is skeptical of their story. But Spock beams down, and he's like, "No, 
They're right. They're right. We should leave them alone. Yep. And so they decide to leave them alone. Yeah, and then they go back up to the ship, and the guy on, from the colony is like, why you, Why are you listening to them? I have a problem with that panel of him shouting, because it looks like they just traced over Benedict Cumberbatch shouting as Khan. Oh, well, maybe they did. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Kirk is like, no, you, you are the one who is the, you know, in the wrong. And he's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, you know. I like that... Uh... So so they give the planet to the Gorn, and the guy's like, no, we were colonizing it, and they're they're mean and stupid. And he's like, no, no, no. Uh, and the colonist says, pathetic, what's the point of having all the power of this ship if you're afraid to use it? And Kirk responds, you're asking the wrong question, Henderson. What's the point of having all this power if I don't know how to use it? So it's mm-hmm. not about fear, it's about knowing how to use the power. And he's using the power for good. Yeah, which is so. So this is it is really a different. Then they fly off into war, um, <laughs> as 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 you do at the end of your comic books. But uh, it it is a different story than it's it's a good story. Uh, I like the comic. It, it, it's a different story than Arena because Arena is more about uh, having someone being aggressive towards you and being forced to be aggressive toward that and showing mercy at the end Uh, yeah i mean both of them sort of have this sort of like anti-war anti-conflict message you know they just go about doing it in a different way you know which i think is clever i mean the first one is obviously you know like one of the best episodes in television history it's the citizen kane of star trek uh now we can call this episode the citizen kane of star trek Oh yeah, we can we can do no, that. No, we're not yes, doing that. Yes, not again. No, no, I guess not again. Yeah, because it for the third no, time. I mean, I would say really confusing. I I would still say that that city on the edge of forever is the Citizen Kane of Star Trek. But you're the um, one who said it every time. No, well, city on the edge of forever is right. No, I did. I didn't say arena. Yeah, was. you did. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I would consider Arena to be more like the double indemnity of Star Trek. <laughs> you know, if you think of double indemnity as being like quintessential film noir, like the most film noir of all movies. Yeah. Which they actually, I've been saying that for years. And like the BBC or someone just came up with like an infographic or whatever, where they were like, here's all the elements and we've done our calculations. And the most film noir movie of them all is double indemnity. And I'm like, yeah, I've been saying that for years. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's interesting because like, well, that one, I mean, it has, a, you know, obviously a really good story. But like this, I mean, what you, you were talking about with, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and knowing how to use power and everything. I mean, that is thematically very similar to that first episode. And here they're doing like the same thing, but they're doing it differently. You know, here it's more like the two sides working it out instead of, uh, you know, a, a godlike being coming in and sort of forcing them to work out, mm-hmm. work it out like they do it themselves. And I think that that's pretty cool. And by, you know, kind of flipping it around and it's not like the humans are forced into a position like the Gorn were forced into in this comic. And in the end, they show mercy. Like here, it's flipped where, you know, the 
the Gorn are basically taking the human side and the humans are taking the, the Gorn side as is presented in arena. Mm-hmm. But since it's still told from the human perspective, it's more now like uh, the humans are saying like, Hey, you're right. We were wrong. We're going to back down. Right. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. It's a, it's a good issue. Yeah. Uh, it it's got a lot of story for just a a, a one a one off issue. It's got the Gorn in it. What more do you need? Right, exactly. I need more Gorn. I think is what I was going to say. We all need more Gorn. Well, it was fun talking about the Gorn today, but that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. And I'm just like, wait a second. Wait, no. They wouldn't do that. Would they do that? No, they wouldn't do that. And then, like, they they did the whole scene again. And I was like, what? Ah! Earl Grey. Really, she's following the Hasbrat, I think, is really what it is. (laughs) Come for the revolution, stay for the Hasbrat. It's got to be fresh Hasbrat. None of that replicates. Like, Daniel's, like, watching the end of this episode, like, tears are coming down the face. It's like, no, it's the Hasbrat. It's so spicy. It's what it is. (laughs) The Orb. Also, the original title of this episode was A Matter of Breeding, which, when we talk about things feeling TNG-ish, that could have been a Riker episode. <laughs> the Ready Room. It's about people and feelings and emotions. It's about philosophy. It's about the future. It's about hope. It's about glory. It's about intellectual promise. That's what Axnar is about. It is not a story about pew pew pew. I promise you that. To the journey! There's flamethrowers and cannibalism, and yet he's saying it's a big <laughs> snore. Warp 5. It kind of like is akin to um, when fans saw the Galaxy class in The Next Generation for the very first time. And you had a, basically a crew and civilian complement of, what, over a thousand people? About two-thirds of that complement were civilians and their families. So you d- actually did have teachers and scholars and scientists and, and their extended families on board. Commentary, Trek stars. But you would never pick up on that based on the way that it plays out aside from the fact that they explicitly tell you in the dialogue you know the 602 club i mean it's a it's really it's about growth it's about taking a character that has problems and flaws and becoming a better person you can say that about lots of movies literary treks Deep Space Nine among all the Star Trek series is the one that really over time, and I'm talking about now on the television series, not just in the books, changed the most. Axanar, the official podcast. It is the spirit of TOS that matters that's being captured, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the aesthetic. The aesthetic was 1966 to 1969 that had its moment, it had its time, and there's a certain amount of charm still to that. But it doesn't allow you to push the narrative forward because that type of aesthetic holds creativity back, in my opinion. Women at Warp. I 
like the episode. I don't love the Riker. I don't love the Riker. <laughs> the Riker of it all. I'm sorry. Is there is there an Enterprise lady, a regular Enterprise lady that Riker does not bone? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the Daily Trek Talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or you can just stream from the website. Visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Well, if you would like to contact us, share your thoughts on the Gorn or anything else, you can go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose send a show and choose standard orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners at our Facebook group, The Babel Conference. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Uh, you can find me right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek stars. And you can also find me on commentary doing commentary Trek stars off topic and commentary Trek star babies. And you can find me on Twitter at mumbles three K. And you can find me on Twitter at double O five D U U B L E O F I V E and on various other places around the internet. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible's a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible's the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive Federation and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Well, you know, Arena was um, accidentally plagiarized uh, from a short story by Frederick Brown right. called Arena. And uh, you can get that on Audible. Uh, you can listen to uh, the origins of, of the episode in the Gorn. As they say, snatched by an omnipotent being from an intergalactic battle between humans and the malevolent alien race, the Outsiders, that will end in mutual destruction, Carson finds himself sealed in an arena a hemispherical-shaped force field slightly larger than a football field, encompassing a sweltering blue desert on an alien world. He on one side, an outsider on the other, both naked, unarmed, and separated by an un unmovable, invisible barrier in the equally inhospitable battle zone. The sole representatives of their races, they must fight to the death to protect their people, for upon the death of one, the entire species will be destroyed, for the protection of the other by the omnipotent being that brought them to the arena. And you can get this book for free since you listen to audible.com. book sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah. Well, you can get it for free as uh, your choice, along with a 30-day trial, just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. We'd also like to thank Richard Rutledge Jr. and Renee Roberts for being our associate producers this week by supporting us on Patreon. You can find Richard on Twitter at RUT8972 and Renee at MRES underscore 1701. If you want to join them in keeping us in orbit, you can also support us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trek.fm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as an associate producer in our shows. 
You'll also find out where the donations can go, things like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, and upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Mike, did you see that, that everyone's making their own canon now? Oh, really? Who else is? Yeah, like, to the, to the Journey's doing their own canon oh. now. I'm pretty sure the Orb is doing their own yeah. canon. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, to the Journey was like, we totally stole that idea from Standard Orbit. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, the Orb seems to be doing something similar as well. See, we're trendsetters, just like the original series. We've stolen a lot of stuff from those shows, too, so it's all good. That's yeah. also true. We need to do more episode rewrites. Yeah, yeah. I When, when I hear, every time I see someone's like, I'm doing an episode rewrite, I'm like, I, I, I don't know how you would do that. I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just a bad writer, right? Yeah, I, I think that's why we haven't done an episode yeah. rewrite, because I'm the same yeah. way. I'm going to rewrite anything. It's going to be uh, an episode of, of one of my podcasts, you know? <laughs> Man, if only we hadn't gone on this tangent. Exactly. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landrew. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Hi, sir.